Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save fifty percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower dot com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber dot com. Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I'm JB in the Rugby Dungeon with my trusty Labrador Phil. How are you, Phil? Uh, if I'm a trusty Labrador, what does that make you? The owner of the Labrador. <laughs> like, what else would I be? I'm more thinking the, uh, the dog, Labrador breeder. I'm more thinking the dog analogies. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I'd be the. Um, I would be the Mikey. I was going to say Mike, Mikey Maycock. What's his name? Mikey Maycock. Oh, what was his name? London Irish hooker. Tim. Mikey Mayhew. Mikey Mayhew. Mayhew. I'd be the Mikey Mayhew of dogs. The, <laughs> the Great, Great Dane. Great Dane. Very good. And uh, down the line, our very own King King was it King King James Spaniel, King Charles Spaniel, <laughs> the lap dog himself. Oh, I'm, I'm Tim not Cocker. a big fan of King Charles Spaniel. When you got cocker spaniels, come on. Oh yeah, cocker spaniel. <laughs> Do you know the history of the King Charles Spaniel? No. Do you know why it's called a lapdog? Go on. Do you know, Tim? No. It is because it kept the laps of ladies warm when they were in their carriage going from place to place. Ah, nice job. Yeah, lap, uh, lapdog. The lapdog. What's wrong with me? Lapdog. <laughs> I can't say any words today. Mikey Mayhew got everything wrong. <laughs> You've increased on your normal quota of weekend dogging, JB. Yes, I have. Couple of minutes of this pod. <laughs> yeah, so what, uh, yeah, it's it, it's a terrible omen for the start of this podcast that introduction. <laughs> what? What? Would you be fired from Virgin for this? <laughs> Think about it like this, guys. It, it won't be long until we're rejoined by all the part timers. Oh yeah, great point. Yeah, they'll be uh, shuffling out of hibernation, ready to go, pretending like they love really love rugby. They probably love it more than me. <laughs> <laughs> But just a reminder that we are the only podcast that's there for you 52 weeks of the year. And while there's been this barren patch where nobody can be bothered covering the beautiful sport in the build-up to what should be a fantastic tournament, just over what two months, less than two months away now. Yep. Just remember we're there, and uh, there's extra content. Some of it spicy. At uh, patreon.com slash egg chasers. We're probably due a, a, a quick Patreon pod. Yes, we almost certainly are, actually. Mm. Well, before we let bog down with any nonsense, let's go straight into some rugby. Um, but before we do, you can find us on Twitter, because we are still there, at Rugby Podcast. 
we probably Kinda. won't be too bothered about getting back to you there. But if you do really want to talk to us, it's contacteggchasers at gmail.com. And Tim will be peppering this podcast well, with various emails no, throughout the week. I, I did a JB and I broke my phone within a week of having it. So did I've had to you? get a replacement. So I need to set up the email again. Oh, Tim. Tim Although Tim, Tim. what I have done, because I'm in the Egg Chasers TMO shipping container down in London uh, this, uh, at this moment for the recording of the podcast, I don't have with me to share with you a package that we have had sent from Australia. From Australia? I'm just going to, I'm going to tease you with that, uh, that the individual may be listening, thinking maybe this will be the episode where their package gets mentioned. Uh, no, it'll, it'll have to be next week, but, uh, yeah, we have a, a special delivery from Australia. Incredible. Fascinating. Yeah. So next, mm. next week we can, we can talk about Australian packages. I can't wait. Well, just you remember you just mentioned JB uh, getting back to people or not getting back to people on Twitter. Yes, um, we got a message I think a week ago or two weeks ago um, about a topic that we were discussing very briefly, which was the non-retiring or non-international retirements from South African players. And Zarina uh, Gaby got in touch with us, suggesting one. A South so African rugby player. international Well, no, so a South African who retired from international, yeah. but continued playing rugby. Okay, why did this come up? I can't remember, but yeah, go on, please. Because I, I was making the point that um, it, in, if you're called up by your country, it should be treated like a, a duty... Yes. Not an option. So yeah. I don't. I don't like the retiring from international rugby. And, and so we made the point that we couldn't think of any South Africans that do it. Maybe they're so patriotic that they wouldn't dare dream of doing it. But Phil's maybe about to correct us. Oh. Well, uh, Zarina has corrected us. Uh, although she does only say um, one person that she could think of, which was Yanni Duplessis when he was playing at Montpellier. He played well four or five years after retiring from international rugby. Kept playing for Montpellier. And she does point out that he was obviously a qualified and partially practising uh, doctor. doctor as well. So he had a few plates spinning. But yeah, if, if you can think of any other South well, Africans... Bismarck was still playing last year or the year before. He he was he actually played against Ulster this season, just finished. Did he really? Whoa, yeah, lad. yeah. I, think he got but, I mean, if South Africa called him up for the World Cup, he'd be there in a shot. Oh, he would walk over broken glass, I suspect. Yeah, exactly. Would have thought so, yeah. Which is the point. Although it's actually quite a pertinent thing that you mentioned that because it's worth pointing out that whilst it's great that the smaller nations have been given the boost of the players being able to return to their nation of origin with the world rugby's changes there it, the the issue of money does cloud it somewhat a little bit because uh, Patheli Yato and I can't remember the name of the other but two Fijians very very good Fijians have uh oh, Ratuni Rawa might have been another one but they've yes. pulled out of the Fijian squad for the World Cup so that they can dedicate themselves to their top 14 club team. Which I think is fair. I mean, you've got to understand the motivations are different for different individuals. Uh, oh, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, it, yeah, it'd be nice to see them play. It'd be great. But yeah. it is what it is. Uh, Yoto is a hell of a loss to any team. It's interesting because he's not played. Like, obviously, he's just made his announcement. But... When he, like a few years ago, and I feel like I've not seen him for a few years, mm. but a few years ago, he was one of the best back rows in the world. He's such yeah. a dominant physical specimen when he was on form. Yeah, yeah. Climb on skating, I guess. Yeah, probably something to do with why you've not seen him for, for a while. In, in <laughs> the mould of Sam Underhill. Yes, <laughs> yeah, which we, we will mention uh, at some point on this podcast as well. So I. Well, 
was going through Twitter. Yeah, well, like, so what, what did you oh, go on, JB? You well, were going to I was going to say, it's wonder. It's, it's interesting to know where we because we haven't actually chatted about this. How we want to navigate topic-wise on this on this pod. Well, we'll come back to topics in a minute because uh, we're talking about Fiji, kind of ish. So um, I sent a CrossFit buddy of mine um, loads of videos today of guess which player. To demonstrate, what was the most remarkable story you can think coming out of Fiji rugby for the last 20 years? Most Repenny remarkable. Falfau. Absolutely correct. Yeah. So I started with a little thread, on, like a little thread on WhatsApp, a little personalised thread, as I sometimes like to do. started with him when he was 19, all athletic. And then I had the next picture of him in his Toulouse days when he put on a bit more weight. Uh, a bit more weight is an understatement. But, but then I on. also pointed out that... Most people would assume that when a man goes from this size to that size, he'd be terrible at rugby, and then proceeded to bombard them with videos <laughs> of when he was bigger, and actually, in some ways, better. <laughs> like, it doesn't often happen that you get so out of shape, and you become better at rugby. <laughs> it's, I mean, when he was young, when he first burst onto the scene, some of his running there is just magnificent. He was just a fast guy. And I think oh, but it, there is more than just being fast. There's lots of fast guys, but there there's the step guys. and the swerve and the the afterburn the balance. Yeah, but, but there's something even more impressive about so I don't <laughs> doing think, that way in 120 kg. Exactly. I don't think he would have captured the public's imagination if he st- if he was Sorelli Bo- uh, Bo- Sorelli Bobo, right? Who like just stayed in great shape until he was 40 and just ran, ran around people. That's that's boring, right? It's the romance of him going missing in the. Uh, no, the romance, that's the wrong word. The tragedy, almost. There's the, romance and there's tragedy in this. So it's like the fact that he got over he got overweight, but he was still an absolute force of nature. Like, it's such a unique sight to see him stepping at over 100 kilograms, taking people both ways, and then using that power. But then there's a the story about the, um, like the French president, not the French president, but the president of the French club that he played for, Eugène, I think it was, spending what? Three, two weeks in a jungle trying to find him. <laughs> trying to track him because down. he had dental problems, and no one thought to mention to the the French club he had den- dental problems. He you know, was, there's so yeah. many layers to story. It's a hell of a story. There, there was a brilliant one um, by uh, Dan Leo and the organisation. Yes, he it was, was the uh, Pacific. I can't remember the name of it, but the Pacific Rugby Welfare um, Organisation following him fairly recently, two or three years ago. Do you know how many caps he has for Fiji? A dozen? Tim? Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed more than 20. He only got seven caps. Really? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So somebody asked the question, and I think you might have listened to this, Tim, but they asked the question, um, what films, what stories are out there, what films should have been made rather than Transformers 26? <laughs> and or this Fast has, and Furious yeah, 16. Uh, yeah, exactly. And this would be one of the films. Yeah. <sighs> Such a talented player. So many layers to it. Mm. Yeah, uh, well, I'm going to re- uh, later in the podcast. I will bring back that uh, topic which you've talked about before and which you just touched on there with Transformers 26, the death of culture. There's nothing original. <laughs> I, 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 I will will revisit that with something rugby related. Can't uh, wait. Bit. Oh, go on. Uh, no, no, sorry. Oh, I, I thought you said can't wait. I thought, so no, you said you yeah, said can't wait. Right, can't go wait. Wait. But I, I think unfortunately, because Phil made us uh, do the podcast earlier last weekend because sorry guys so that he can help save lives yes well, uh, indirectly for, by indirectly yeah um 
to help his wife work. Um, we missed, we would have been doing the podcast when the Johnny Sexton verdict broke, which is a really strange time for it to break. But again, the benefit of the part-time podcasters not, not bothering to put out episodes is no one's on a podcast really had a say about this since particularly. Yeah. I have got so many views on, on, <laughs> on this. So do you guys want to tee off? Well, if we just run through the details... Yes, that's a great place to start. So for his uh, barrage of comments against the refereeing team in the Champions Cup final, he was cited and then suspended. And it was a six-week suspension reduced to three weeks for, I think I'm right to say, both a a guilty plea and also good um, track record. Yes. So three weeks. So he misses, I think all three, I think they've got... Three games, not three weeks. Sorry, three games, yes. Yeah, three games, three matches, three meaningful matches, not training matches or game of three thirds or anything like that. Uh, Three matches, which means I think he misses all of Ireland's warm-up games, but then he's available for the World Cup proper. Yes. Yes. So... And... In terms of, oh, just just let rip JB say well, what you want to say. You know, it's not, I mean, everyone thought the world was ending, didn't they, on Monday morning? I completely forgot about this story. So there's lots of comments on there, like, "Oh, rugby hangs its head in shame." Uh, what was the insinuation that the justice had been fixed somehow in order to get Johnny Sexton back to the World yeah. Cup? Was that the insinuation? No, don't get me wrong. I love it. I don't like the term conspiracy theorist as a pejorative because so, some of these conspiracies are true. Yeah, and, like nine eleven. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, it was a conspiracy. Many of them, perhaps. If, if so, I told um, you that a group of Arab men wanted to blow up the World Trade Centers <laughs> and were training in Saudi Arabia right now, you'd call me a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> there was a conspiracy. Correct. So it shouldn't be used as a pejorative. But but so what? I say this not as a pejorative. I just say it as a descriptive a description of what happened. There are lots of people who think this was a conspiracy to enable Johnny Sexton to be able to play at the World Cup. Well, I hope it was. It's, it's been fixed. Yeah, I hope it was. Like, I, I think <laughs> that the problem with these people, right, most of which have never played, most of which have never had any meaningful sport in their life, is they don't really understand that sport in of itself is like a community. And there's no... I mean, there's a small function of saying, well, look, Johnny has been good his whole life and he's got a good behaviour thing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's another thing as well. It's his, it's his career. Like, it's the crowning point of his career. And he's been a wonderful servant to rugby. You might hate him. I mean, I don't love the guy. I don't love Ireland. I don't love Lens. I don't like any of these things. But I understand that sports, you know, it, it exists because of people like Johnny Sexton. That's what, that's what it does. Like, if you remove him from the World Cup because he said a few naughty things to officials, it's not great. And also, officials uh, well, well, need, well, but hold need on, to be respected. The World Cup should be immaterial, like, no, as shouldn't. far as I'm concerned. And the rules. So several, several, <laughs> several things can be true at once. So I'm pleased for Johnny Sexton. He can play in the World Cup for the reasons you just outlined. Yep. I think that the judicial uh, panel went by the letter and did an honest verdict in coming up with the six game ban uh, as the punishment for Johnny Sexton which was then reduced to three which is something we see all the time I don't believe I believe they did an honest uh, process and came to an honest conclusion so I'm pleased for Johnny Sexton the judicial people did an honest honorable thing and I also think it's not I think it's awful what Johnny Sexton did and I would I think the punishment doesn't fit 
the crime if what you care about is it's a tough rugby, one, rugby, rugby in the bigger sense. Because when you read Yako Piper's statement of what happened, it's absolutely outrageous what, what Johnny Sexton did. Me, and, and you, and, and give me you have to come down on this with statement. a ton of bricks. What, give me an indication of what was on that statement. I, I don't, I, I've not read the statement, so I might actually change my mind if, if it's that jo- Johnny Sexton, who wasn't playing, yep. came onto the pitch after the final whistle, told the referee and his officiating colleagues they were a disgrace. I think expletives were used as well. And then every time the referees moved around, whether that's to go and get their medals, whether that's to go move to different parts of the pitch, Johnny Sexton, with his son, followed them round the pitch and just stood and stared at them. And to the point that the referees, who, let's remember, this is their cup final as well. Whatever you think of Jakob Piper, it's a big moment for a referee, just as much as it is any of the La Rochelle players winning. Yako Piper and his team decided to leave the pitch because they were intimidated by Johnny Sexton. Well, I mean, they didn't want to uh, cause I, any issue. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be intimidated by Johnny Sexton. That'd be the first thing. That'd be your first error. It's not as if it's Sean O'Brien back in his heyday. Although Sean O'Brien was involved with, like, like weirdly. Um, yeah, it's not savoury, is it? And I'm sure that those things can be written down in the same way that you know, if you look at, at you know WhatsApp messages in a group. If you kind of take it out of context or you're not there or you know, two things can be seen, the same action can be seen differently by two sides. But I tend to yeah. agree from what you said. Yeah, yeah. The, the, inten- the intention may not have been like that from Johnny yeah. Sexton, I agree. Uh, it's not good. It's not good. But also, he doesn't deserve to have his career ended. I mean, like, if he had a track record of this kind of stuff, I might think differently. I don't think he does. But, but, even but then, the, like, whether, it, whole... whether his career was ended... Is or not? Is yeah, down to him when he, separate, whether he decides it? to retire or, or not. You're just like that's like saying Dylan Hartley's been an England captain for so long. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't have his chance to be a British and Irish lion stolen. That's not fair. I would bend the rules well, for that as well. He was in. He was in control of that because he called Wayne Barnes an effing cheat. Yeah. Although he still said he still so, claims that he didn't. Yeah. But, so, <laughs> but like you know, so I just don't think necessarily that sports need the sort of judicial structure that you get for criminal proceedings in normal life. Because it is a community, it's almost like it's one of those things that it's almost should be treated like a family. Where yes, here is a very here is a very severe punishment, but we'll let you off because you know we understand that the Lions is coming up, or we understand the World Cup is coming up, and we'll do our our best to bend the rules, but to be seen to be strict. And you know, if you're worried about the next guy, if you're worried about the the incentive for the next guy who does it, well, come down on him like a ton of bricks. It's easy. I'm I'm Phil. What do you think? I'm less keen on the. the bending of the rules. Of course. For, for obvious reasons, um, from coming from me, but also because it's like, this is bending the rules to get a, an outcome, or what you're suggesting could happen would be bending the rules to get an outcome that you quite like. Yes. Whereas um, there's lots of people who might say, well, oh, I don't know, this this player, um, Jack, Jack Noel on Twitter was... Um, negative towards a referee who didn't take head um, injuries seriously enough. Therefore, Jack, should, Jack Noel should get an extended ban because he's not taking head injuries seriously enough. So yeah. people can... The problem with um, bending the rules like that is it all... Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And as soon as you I start doing that, so it, it's a So my general principle slope. would be try and keep as many people playing as possible. So I'm not in, I'm not in the zone of banning people. I mean, I might, I might be up for finding people. Maybe you know, give up some cash, but we need you to play. You need him to play because he needs to play, and you need him to play for commercial reasons. And the fans want him to play. Like, there's three different constituencies there. That well, four of you include Ireland. Like, the game needs Johnny Saxton in the World Cup. 
that be and, my that be my overriding pragmatic decision. And that, yeah. Well, Johnny Se- Johnny Sexton's in control of whether that happens or not. Yeah, but so am I. So is every so, so is every <laughs> other rugby player. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm oh, on the overall. I'm okay with the way that this has been handled. And a lot of people, as you said before, JB, a lot of people not happy. Um, but I think I think six match would have been fine. I get it being reduced to three matches because of the the history and him pleading guilty is a it's a positive step. Yeah. When you read the transcript, as Tim gave you a little um, indication of before, it's not good. Like to follow up, he, he followed up the referees. He said, "It's a disgrace you can't you guys can't get the big decisions right." Followed by expletives, most likely the f word. Then followed them round the stadium. Watching them, this is a quote, what direct quote from it. Watching them with a fixed stare as though brooding. He <laughs> probably was brooding. And then, as he as they walked to them to the their medal, the referees' medal, medal presentation, Mister Sexton mouthed something, um, including the expletive effing. So he's kind Locking of follow, well done. following <laughs> them round, um, just in a way that is, it's not. It's not positive for anyone involved. No, it's not. Like, this, I completely agree with that. This is the sort of thing where I, I drag him into an office and you give him a third degree. <laughs> give him a bit of a beating. Yeah. Like, you know, rough him up a bit. So, some real stern words need to be had. But I do think sometimes rugby doesn't do itself any favours because you know, by creating this image that we're going to have open and clear justice and there's frameworks and there's this... I, why? Why? I'm kind of surprised. I'm on it genuinely. Well, I, I don't know if you actually believe what you're saying because I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised that you're going. It's Johnny Sexton. He's one of the best players, so we should just let him off. If it was someone I don't care about or, or isn't as good, then well, the thing is, I would the book at him. I would not really. I wouldn't not really care about any players. So if I wanted something awful to happen, like a balance, it would probably would be Johnny Sexton, Leinster <laughs> Island, right? So he's right at the bottom of my priority list for protecting rugby players. But generally speaking, I just want as many people to play as possible. And I hate this idea of sort of, we have to have this open sort of judiciary system, which tends to punish players for not only things they have done actually wrong, like Johnny Sexton has actually done something wrong here, um, but also things, you know, like the player sightings and everything else. And I just don't like it. I guess, yeah, sorry, go on, Phil. I was just going to say, if if it's not Johnny Sexton, it'll be someone else wearing the, the island shirt. So it doesn't matter. We're still going to see people at the yeah, and it's interesting. It's I think that's opportunity a more, for someone else. And I think that's a more interesting conversation, actually. Which is not, you know, should Johnny Sexton be there or not? But what does the next guy up do to make sure that he doesn't have three games in the shirt, but four games in in, in the shirt? Yes, and that's a far more interesting one for me. Yeah, It'd be and, far more interesting if Billy Burns won the World Cup. <laughs> Crikey. Yeah. Oh Christ! I know it wouldn't be Billy Burns. But Did you hear? That'd be damn interesting. What a story that'd be. That would be um, a hell I, of a story. I, I, I would just uh, before we depart this, I will just say I have been, I have refereed under 15s like all last season, and and so, and it's getting worse. The descent, it's, it, the descent, the the chops. It, it's getting significantly worse year on year. But I've heard this for like twenty years, and if it was considered, if it's getting worse and worse every single year. It would be like refereeing in Baghdad now. Like, it, it doesn't ring true to me because I've literally, I've seen awful things when I was 18 and I've seen some bad things now. I don't think it's getting worse. I just think it's always been the same. But we like to say these things that it's getting worse. I really don't think it is. I, I, I do think, though, you can have really bad days and it can cluster like two or three weeks in a row and it might give you that feeling. I'd be surprised if it's getting worse. Mm. No comment. 
I, I'm not sure. I, I'm I, not sure. I don't. I, I remember playing football as a kid, and some of the parents on the sideline were, yeah. and some of the players to the, towards the referee was it was an absolute disgrace and a joke. Whereas generally rugby, people have a moan about the decision. They will still generally, and this might have changed, Tim, you might correct me on this, but they'll generally, even if in a rough game, rough area in Manchester, they'll still call the referee sir. Oh, they'll still show no. some respect. Have you ever no? played De, De La Salle? I've never had the pleasure wow. of playing De La Salle. Wow, these guys are special. Like, <laughs> it is a... I mean, so the, I put these guys... Nobody likes De La Salle. There's just a thing, nobody likes them, and they revel in it. They absolutely revel in it, and they will fight you. I mean, like there are tough clubs like Oldham and Win- and Winnie's and you know uh, probably um, Witnesses are in that category too. Yeah, like, yeah, proper tough, but quite honest with yeah, their yeah. toughness. You know, there's going to be a few digs. Delasau are just a different breed altogether. <laughs> just a different breed altogether. But there again, Delasau serves the Salford area. It's kind of up by the hospital there. Um, really, really well. And afterwards, they're very, they're very, very nice chaps. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, I, I would say it is all relative compared mm. to football, whether that's now or when you were a kid, Phil. Rugby's a dream. Oh, infinitely better, yeah. Have yeah. you ever had a coach sent off from the sideline? I don't think no. so. As Subs, an adult or a kid. Sub sent off? Again, don't. Th- I c- not that I can recall. I have had... <laughs> at talk age, I'd say our director of rugby has been sent off at least twice. <laughs> really? Yeah, at least twice. Jamie... Yeah, Jamie. Uh, definitely once, maybe twice. <laughs> Jamie's a good lad as well. <laughs> um, He's a top bloke. We have had, brought part twos, uh, Alan Marsland uh, has been sent off from the sidelines. Uh, definitely Chester away. Um, like, a good handful of, uh, I reckon four or five times in his long and storied career. God, I'm trying to think, because I played for a good few years with an under Tim Furry and Rich Senior who are two of the most explosive, both back rows, uh, both played for many, many years, played well into the 30s and 40s in Faree's case, and coached for many, many years. And I can't recall either of them getting sent from the sideline. I don't think a first-team coach who brought Park has been sent to sidelines. I'm sure we lost one from Colwyn Bay. I've seen Abigail lose um, two of their bench. Nice. Um, who were subbed off and then were red-carded after been subbing off. <laughs> I've been, I've, I've been re- uh, red-carded for... Uh, uh, from the bench for getting involved yeah my only red card was was, was from the bench <laughs> just like um, Harry Williams <laughs> so here's one thing I don't know if you remember this but I remember when I was a like a, I think it was Colt I was like a Colt or, or under 16 or under 15 whatever age group it was it was a junior level at Newbury and I remember we had a whole club meeting because as a club we were on <laughs> three or four red cards <laughs> Wow. That's through. That's from like minis right through to the first team, and if you got five red cards, you would get demoted. No, really? oh, awful culture there, Tim. What, Terrible. What's culture. that all about? <laughs> that's that, that was no, no. That was that was like an RFU thing across the board. No this is and, and, and also uh, like it was that around the same time. If anybody swore at a referee, yeah, you would get banned for a year. And this was on posters put up in the clubhouses. It was like, you will get banned for a year and you, there may be consequences for your club overall Goodness if anything, anything happens. But, but I, I know you say that. I know you say that, but it's the deterrent was 
this is kind of what I mean when you go back to sex. You go, oh, we let him play. It's, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not being. Um, what's the word? Uh, where, where, like prudish or what? What's yeah. the mm. word? You know the word. I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're trying to say. I'm not being prudish in that sense. Um, but I do think there's an element where you start to give the impression that it's not as serious. Yeah. Then, then the consequences follow. But do you not think it's precious? Because you do it voluntarily. So I always call the ref, sir. I never swear at a ref. I always make sure that he's got a drink at the end of the game. I never criticise his decisions afterwards. But that's my personal decision, and that's yeah, why... not everyone does that, yeah, though. And, but, yeah, but not everyone should do that. And I think that's why, that's why it's special. It just needs a majority of us to behave in that way for it to be acceptable. Like, I have no interest in trying to persuade a guy who doesn't want to behave like that to behave like that, unless it's for you know, talk H, in which case I would want him to do that because I see it as a competitive advantage. You know, we want to have a reputation of treating refs well. Yeah. But, um, so you want, so, so, so I understand it. I'm not actually, um, I'm not saying, well, I'm, I'm not asking the question going, doing a Kathy Newman. So what you're saying is, so, <laughs> is it, so what you're saying is you want a majority rule kind of democratising how rugby goes. If the majority of people just want to call the ref for that, Ref well, yeah, drops C bombs own, at the ref, and it, they're okay with that. Then, then rugby's okay with that. Well, it has its own consequences in my in my world, right? So, if I'm against a team which likes to swear at the ref, I'm pretty sure we're winning that game. So, I, I think you know it sort of sorts itself out anyway. You need to get the ref on side. There is no advantage to swearing at a ref. There is no advantage. I mean, if Johnny Sexton sees Jaco Piper in the future in a game, I'm not sure all the decisions will go his way, and nor should they. So, you know, actions do have consequences. I'm just mm. saying we need to be a little bit, you know, careful. I, I, I'm okay to put my faith in other people, but I, I'm actually equally, and I know you have your issues with leadership in rugby, yep. um, but I am quite happy to have stewards of the game who crack the whip when necessary yep. to maintain things which some people may be opposed to. Yeah, mm, uh, yeah. I mean, it has to happen, doesn't it? It has to happen. It's just finding that line of where it does happen. Mm. Yeah. Now, there, there was another bit of news that I think came out, it was either after we recorded on Sunday or early on Monday, um, and it relates to a bit of news that came out a couple of hours ago. And that was Are the England, England squad, squad. Yeah. Yeah, what is going on? So, last Sunday, there was an updated England squad announced... And there was only two changes to it, and two people dropped out of it. Bevan Rod, who was one of the four um, loose head props, yep, dropped totally out. And Sam Underhill also dropped out, with no one coming in to replace them. And then a couple of hours ago, this is Sunday night, it's about half nine now, a couple of hours ago, there was another squad announcement that a further two players have dropped out in Val Rapava Ruskin. Oh, and Caden oh. Murley. Oh. But Bevan Rod is now back in. And Billy Vanapola and Ollie Lawrence, who were in the rehabilitation group, yep. are in. Ollie Chesham and Jack Walker are retained in the rehabilitation group. And Mako Vanapola, who was actually the fifth loose head prop who was named in the um, rehabilitation group, is no longer named in the rehabilitation group. Right. So, yeah, we're back to Thanks. three loose heads in the squad. Genge and Marla, who look like they are going to be 
nailed on at this point. Yeah. With then potentially one of th- one of the remaining three, uh, Bevan Rod, Valerapava Ruskin, and Michael Vanapola <sighs> making up that third spot with Bevan Rod currently wearing the shirt, the training shirt. But, but now that means, but that well, yeah, I suppose that's what that was. What my question was going to be: Does that mean the props are decided? We've got our three tight heads and we've got our three loose heads I'm not sure or does, does that mean does that mean that Bevan Rod could drop out again and one of the others could come back in that I think it's still open to be the latter so are we all in agreement that Marla Marla should be nailed on I think Marla and Genge both so in terms of their scrummaging Genge is number one Oh, they're, they're, they're both is. in. Mar- I mean, Marla as far is, as I'm Marla's concerned, been in and out. Marla's been in and out of the England squad. I think Marla is just on his day. So just class. Yeah, yeah but I he's, but he's been in the entire time now. It, this is uh, this is what I don't understand. So, firstly, how how as Val Rapava Ruskin? So, sorry. Let me let me say things in order. As far as I'm concerned, this is like whittling down your squad. So it's not a hop in hop out situation. It's when you're gone, you cut. Or at least that's what it, we thought with Be- the Bevan Rod situation. So what I'm analysing from this is, this is what I'm making up in my head. Marco Vanapola is out because he's not going to be recovered enough from his rehabilitation to be able to take part. So he's been cut. That's possible. Yep. And possibly, has Valrapava Ruskin done something that displeased the coaches in some respects, whether that's his training or something else? which means that Bevan Rod has now come back in in place of him. Wow, I mean, and Bevan Rod was cut, but has now been uncut. That is also possible. So I, but there, I'm sure there's lots and lots of other potential explanations, but that is well, one there's only two. There's only two weeks till they name the proper World Cup squad. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it, could be, I mean, it could be as simple as saying, look, this week there's going to be a lot of work. We need to look at these guys. You're not going to get many reps. Go home. Uh, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that to a player that's going to be in a World Cup squad, though. This is my point. They don't know which one it is, so then they just swap well, but, around. But why would they? Why would you say if Bevan Rod was genuinely in the mix to be at the World Cup in two months, less than two months' time? Why would you go go away for a week? Because if there's two equal guys, I, I don't know. I'm just stipul- it doesn't make yeah. any sense. I, I mean, I would keep them both. I don't know. I don't know. Is the answer? Let's just make. Let's just talk about it from a rugby point of view. You're a huge fan of Valve Report. Valrapalva Ruskin over this season, Tim. Make yeah. the argument why you'd want him. He's absolutely massive. He is absolutely massive, that's a fact. He he is an all-rounder, really good scrummager, really good ball carrier, really good at the breakdown. Yeah. He's got so many turnovers. I don't see a downside. One thing I do think is his body language is dreadful. Like He always looks hacked off he looks uh like he's moaning all the time and i've chat i know people that know him well at gloucester say that you're not the first person to say this and it's just he's an odd character yeah he's a total one-off character and that's just how he is and it's not according to them the people that know him well it's just and they've talked to him about his body language like you give off the impression you're not interested in your but it's sort of like when it's not when it's not the reality when you actually track the amount of work he does and everything it's it doesn't match up does it not remind you of the opposite to a thoroughbred american college quarterback and how they're told <laughs> like you must do this val you must not do that <laughs> yeah but the output but the output's fine you can't argue with the output i think that's the most important thing the only other explanation that 
a credible explanation, because you could explain there's lots of ways that are just nonsensical. The other credible explanation, or potentially credible explanation, is <gasps> one thing we know about uh, Steve Borthwick's career is he worked with Eddie Jones for a long period of time. And it's mm. it's historically been a bit of an Eddie Jones tactic to take send players that he likes away to make them hungrier. Yep. To get them, and that tactic, it could have already been used with Bevan Rod. He could use it, be using it right now with Valrapava Ruskin to, yeah. and then bring them both back in for the final two weeks or final that, week. I, I, I mean, I know Eddie Jones did this. I just, it doesn't, Bevan Rod doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who needs to come back more hungry. If your third place prop does not need any more motivation. Maybe you're nailed on starter does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it could be that. But yeah. thankfully we're not in the Eddie Jones period of madness, are we? This, this close to a World Cup. I can't see it because if if there was any doubts about someone's hunger at this stage with the competition for places, if there's any doubt about someone's hunger, you, you cut them and don't and don't yeah. look back. Yeah, but I mean that'd that's, be the Bevan Rod point. thing, oh, not Bevan Rod, uh, Valve Parva Ruskin thing. If they don't understand the player, that could be why he goes. Yeah, potentially. And uh, yeah, it's just that Bevan Rod goes last week and then comes back in. That's the odd part. But it's it's good that Ollie Lawrence is back and fit. That's great. Yeah, great um, news. But Bevan Rod really... does behave like a college quarterback. Like he is that guy. He's got. He's been yeah. to. He's been to Sudbury. He's done professional rugby all all his life. He knows how to talk. He knows what to say. He knows. He knows all the things to do. The the uh, other. Kate, Kate, yeah, go, sorry, go on. I was going to. I was going to say we should just touch on Caden Murray because yeah. a lot of people will be raising their eyebrows at that. He's had a, a stellar season. Really exciting player. Johnny May still in the squad. Caden Murray gone. Yeah, now that is 100% because he looks like a bad 1980s magician. His his moustache yeah. his moustache and goatee combo, I've got a little picture of him here. Yes, J- please. JB, there you go. Tim, unfortunately, you can't see oh, it. My, he, he, looks, do you know he, looks like? he looks like a professional crossfitter. He, he's, he looks like a bridge. Um, he's a good-looking man in his early to mid-20s in tremendous shape. What on earth is he doing with that moustache well, and goatee combo? I think that's combo? exactly what he's doing with that moustache and goatee. Uh, when you're that handsome, when you're in that amount of, <laughs> you know, that good a shape, this is why Exeter Chiefs can wear mullets because they are by far the most desirable men in Exeter. It doesn't matter; they can do what they want. They can do exactly what they want. Well, that's uh, the same for uh, what's his name, the London Irish winger who's now at Leicester. Ollie Hassel Collins. Yeah, yeah. You know, paints his, paint his nails. Paints his nails. He doesn't care because he's six foot. He's a six foot two giant he's super six foot, athlete. He's six foot four. Six, six four. foot four. Handsome giant super athlete. Who cares if he paints his nails? <laughs> He'll do what he wants. Caden Murley's just. Caden so, Murley is advertising to the rest of the world. He's better than you. Well, that's why he's dropped anyway. Yes. <laughs> so, so Caden, enjoy being dropped, idiot. Uh, genuinely, I think Murley and Sam Underhill. It's just an indication of the strength in those positions. Yeah, you've, Underhill, you've, got, you've got to whittle it down at some point, and they are the first casualties of that. I think so. It's at, it's at this point, guys. I'm going to bring up my death of culture. There's nothing original anymore. Oh, there we go. go. England 2023 is a reboot of England 2007. 2007. Seven. That classic year. Wow. World World Cup in France. Yes. Yeah. Tick. A load of old players. Sorry, a a selection of older, out-of-form players who have been brilliant in the past and maybe not as good at the moment. Yep. Um, Ben Youngs, Tuolangi. 
Young's too long. He tick tick. May. Uh, yeah, Billy Vanapol is back in. Billy V. Exactly. There we go. Dan Cole's and in there. Dan Cole. That's the one. Dan Cole and Dan they, Cole is the Martin Corey of of this squad. <laughs> and they will have. They you could quite look at the draw. You could quite see them winning really, playing really awful rugby, getting to a semi final, beating France. And then being in a World Cup final. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I can't see them beating France. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah, on any given day. But yeah, maybe. Until just, just, until just, you said that, I agree with everything just else. Just hold that thought a second, right? So we've got Owen Farrell starting at 10. Who is basically Johnny Wil- Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Right? Johnny Wilkinson. Now he gets injured, right? What we need now is someone who has never played 10 in their life to step in at 10. So that'd be Slade. Slade steps in at 10, right? <laughs> we had Andy Gomesall at, at Scrum Half and Ben Young's Andy Gomesall. That's a good, that's a nice fit, isn't it? That's a yeah, nice, perfect. Yeah. Perfect fit. But Gomesall was really good. That was, that'd be the difference. <laughs> Andy Gomesall was playing, was he playing for Gloucester or Quinns at the time? I can't remember. I think he's playing I think Gloucester. Quinns at the time. I think Gloucester. Uh, well, I've got the uh, 2007 World Cup squad in front of me. And it says Quinns. Quinns, oh, yeah. So I, I Quato Johnny May, perfect. Quite, quite. Yeah, but it's the yeah. no, no. But you're forgetting the Ollie, the Ollie Barkley, Ollie Barkley, Johnny Wilkinson, Mike Katz, and Andy Farrell carousel for the tension. <laughs> that that was the real drama. <laughs> what a glorious yeah. World Cup! Do you know what? If it's a reboot of that World Cup, I'm I'm delighted. I'd be in. Yeah, I'd be all in. Uh, apart from the final result. The, the other thing to mention, though, did you see Charlie Morgan? Uh, picked up on something from yes. the O2 Inside Line video. I I saw it, and then I saw an incredibly insightful video on YouTube, actually. Uh, oh. Egg Chaser's YouTube account. There's a very interesting video on that that I think everyone should go and check out. So just, Char- I'm just what did Mr. Morgan find out? Because he always finds He's He spotted, in just in a, a very little snippet, an England uh, Inside Line, uh, Phil mentioned... <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, uh, that they accidentally let out a bit of content they really shouldn't have <laughs> let, let out. When, what was it? This was, was suggesting growth. Uh, <laughs> was besmirching the good name of Charlie Yule's. <laughs> His nose is growing. <laughs> He's had a trip stint uh, in South Africa. Uh, anyway, and now they've released a clip, and maybe they maybe they don't mind, but maybe they've just let it slip you know, England's master plan for the World Cup because Ford. And Farrell were in a back line together. Wow. Yeah, it was a clip of Ford passing to Farrell and then Farrell spinning it wide. So I think it was Daly. I think it was Daly. Hmm. Well, oh. So there could be a very 2019 feel. When you look at the squad as it is, you could, and remember, you've got to remember Steve Borthwick was Eddie Jones's right hand man. And you could have Ben Youngs, George Ford, Owen Farrell, Henry Slade, or Manu Tuolangi, Johnny May, Elliot Daly could all be in the same and Anthony Watson could all be a backline mm. which was basically identical to 2019 now that's an interesting point Anthony Watson you've been listening to the rumours circulating around him yes he's he's the first player that's got a kind of central contract basically allegedly it's, it's not a train, confirmed a training it? contract but that, that would permit him to go to Leicester or stay at stay at Leicester, stay at Leicester or well Saracens is, is what he wants allegedly oh really Mm, who wouldn't? So who's Saracens, but Leicester have let go of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And they've got a little bit more space, so they might be able to bring him back now. Mm. Um, and he's played very well there. 
that's the other thing. He seems to have he, settled in Leicester really nicely. He, and he's in really good nick. He looked hungry. Um, he, he didn't look like Anthony Watson looked when he played for Bath. He looked more like Anthony Watson looked when he played for England or the Lions. Yeah, which is... Yeah, good, the good high, version. Yeah, the, yeah. Talking of players that are rubbish for Bath, <laughs> that are amazing, John the Joseph has left the Premiership. He has, 2D2? I think it is, Pro-D2. And now that is a real shame. Uh, I think it's just worth reflecting. I know we want to talk about the England squad, but I think he's one of England's greatest centres. I really do. I loved him when he was in his pomp. He got one Lions tour? Yep. Maybe two. Uh... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. He was so, so phenomenally talented. Yeah. And is still so phenomenally talented. Uh, what goes on at Bath, we will never know. But, um, you know, I'd love to have seen him give it one more blast at a serious club. Yeah. Which could utilise his talents. So Hopefully he's gone to the Champagne re- the champagne region in France, where he can where? pour all that good stuff all over the floor. Well, you know, fingers, fingers crossed. He Well, he's... Uh, South West Coast, so Biarritz. Biarritz. Yeah. Oh come on, JB. You can't begrudge a man Biarritz. I most certainly do not. Skiing. I'll go down to the beach. Oh man, what a life. South South West Coast. Not too not too far from the Spanish border. That's a nice fit, actually. The whole Biarritz history. Hop along to Barcelona for a weekend. Yeah, or San Sebastian. Not too far away. Well, incredible. It's just well, a shame. That, but this is sort of the shame of the Premiership. I don't like losing players like this from the Premiership. You know, he is just a quality, quality operator. And I think in a different time, he probably would have been snapped up by one of the Premiership com- uh, rivals and, uh, you know, would have loads right. of good rugby left in him. Mm. That said, from Bath's point of view, it's time. It's time, isn't it? To, I, uh, I agree with that. Ha- yeah. Have the keys to, to Mad Max. Yeah. Yes. Well, how Ma- Max th- or Joe Mo and Ollie Lawrence? I thought you were talking about the other Max and Max. What's the other one? Who plays in centre? Max. Uh, Max Clark. Maybe. No. Maybe. Maybe, maybe yeah. the Dragons. Is it Max Clark? Maybe Max Clark. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was I was talking about your boy a Joe Mo. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. fine, mate. He's fine. I think the future is going to be a Joe Mo, and it's going to be in the thirteen channel uh, Red Path. Red Path thirteen. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. I think he looks a lot like Henry Slade in that 13 channel. Mm, bit of a re-injury runner. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, so just, just, to, just to tie off the England squad, we now have 42 names in total that it appears are still involved. Obviously, there's the caveat, as we've seen with Bevan Rod, that the player can come back in. But if we're to believe that there isn't a case of... It's, it's not like some love island where 
oh, you've been voted out. Oh, no, no, you've been voted back in. It, it, as long as it's not like that, and it is just culling the squad gradually. We've got nine, nine out of the current squad will not go to France. 33 of them will. I mm. wonder how different the squad would look if... So how many guys were there originally? 40? Uh, if we add the ones who've been cut... Uh, Merley, Rapava, Ruskin, Runapola... There's 46. Mercer, yeah. So, so 46. Then. Underhill. Well, Mer- yeah, it depends. Cause you've, if you Around in- about 50 in total. Yeah, if you include the pre-official uh, oh, squad, because there was a period of maybe two weeks where none of the finalists were in. So there was an extra, like, 10 or 12 players. I guess, like, uh, Finn Smith were in there for a period of time. Alex yeah, so it's probably, it's probably 60 people have been involved in the yeah. process so far, so, and we're down to 42. Yes. If if they had a full-time camera crew from day one of camp until the final cut, and every day there was a telephone vote, or you know, whatever <laughs> it was, to keep or get rid of players... Um, I do wonder how different the squad would be to what co- the coaches said. And the coaches have like three wild cards to reverse decisions. So like if Owen Farrell goes day one because no one likes him, like they just say, no, 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 this is too far. This is ludicrous. This is ludicrous. He's coming back in. I, so I, they, after three days, they've used all three wild cards on Owen Farrell. On, on day, four, <laughs> day four, he's gone. And then, ben, and then Ben Spencer comes back into the squad. Ben Spencer's in. Ben Young's is out. Exactly. Uh, I... I I, not only would it be great content, I wouldn't be surprised if the wisdom of crowds actually picks a better team than the coaches. Uh, you say that you, you have been on Twitter, haven't you? Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm not so sure. The wisdom of rugby crowds. Twitter's is, not real life. Uh, it is real life, Tim. It is real, real life. life. That's why we can't tackle high. It's not real that, life. That, that's why the extra chiefs have, have now got a stupid thing on their logo. That's why wasps don't exist. It, 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 it's real life. It's all real life. Oh, talking of which, um, I got sent a video of uh, some racist wrestling in um, in the sand. Oh yes, we had our man, yeah, our premier Thai sales egg chasers club Thai salesman Bones. Yep, was down on the south coast, um, not too far from Exeter, and he sent us some videos. Yeah, and the uh, Chiefs were wrestling in Exmouth. Yeah, wrestling in the on the sand. Oh, man, I'm going to be there in a couple of weeks. They could have waited. <laughs> we, we can uh, ask about... See if you can get involved. Cocker. Yeah, they, I'm sure yeah. you'd like that. They'd love it, mate. They'd love it. I'll have them. Schickling and uh, Yendel wrestling. If, you, if, you just, if, if you're in full, full extra uh, gear and you just jumped in, I wonder if they'd, if anyone would question if you just wrestled one of them. <laughs> like that you know guy this, who the, did it, the, the full <laughs> kit guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. did yeah. the Champions exactly. League with yes. United. And just and see if you can get a full session in with the extra Chiefs. Yeah, this this is what separate. This is what will separate us from uh, part-time podcasters. Is we're talking about Exeter Chiefs now, and everyone will be focused on their squad now. And what my, what was in my head it was, I wonder what Don Armand's up to now. Um, I can tell you, he set up a clothing business which um, caters for gamers. Things like compression socks for people that don't move much, <laughs> like DVT <laughs> socks. Yeah, exactly what he's doing. Uh, nappies. I, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's what he's done. He's got a business partner. Do you want to know something about Don Orman's dad? <laughs> or always. always. So Don Orman's dad and my dad have got something in common, other than they've got um, uh, profoundly efficient rugby sons. The only thing, the only well, 
Um, one of the main things I know about your dad is he's a big, big friend of Neville Southall because uh, yes, pigeon he's a pigeon, yeah, pigeon fancier. And what does uh, and what does Don Armand's dad do? Uh, he's into, if he's not pigeon fancying, he is pigeon fancying. Oh, is he pigeon fancy as well? He is. He uh, works. He's not a pigeon fancier himself, but he works at one of the biggest lofts in South Africa uh, because apparently there's a competition that they need to win. So he is now working at that loft, hoping to win a, a, I don't know, some race. I've never even heard of the race. But it's South African and there's a lot of money involved in pigeon racing. So that's what Don Arman's dad was doing. Well, he's still doing it now. I do not know. Cool. Always love to hear about rugby parents. Exactly. Hey, Tim, I bet you th- bet you didn't think when you said, what is Don Armand doing now? I would have the answer to that. <laughs> I'd have such a thorough... Well, not even Don Armand's dad. Don Ar- uh, not, not even Don Armand. Don Armand's dad. I, I, I imagine if I let the conversation go on much further, you'd be able to tell me what his second cousin once removed is up to. But we have <laughs> well, to move on, JB. Funny you mention that. Leave that. <laughs> what else is going on? Um, there was a Lions tour announced. Yes, that, yes, it was. Did, um, did you see the announcement, or have you have you, have you read the details? I, I see I read they're the playing. Details. I didn't see the announcement. They're playing oh. every Super Rugby team. They're playing the Wallabies three times, and they're playing a Australia New Zealand combined someone or other. Correct. Yeah, they, um, they go to uh, start in Perth, predictably start in the Western Work East. Uh, they then play Queensland Reds, the Waratahs, the Brumbies, the game. A week before the first test is an invitational Australia and New Zealand 15, which replaces what would traditionally have been the Australia A. Yeah. Then the first test. But Australia A still exists. Australia A does still exist. They played last weekend. Yeah, but against not, Spain, not for this. Uh, they played against uh, Have they, have they referred Tonga to that or... as the Anzacs? Because that used to be that. I remember that traditionally there was a... There was an invitational Australia-New Zealand combined team that they called the Anzacs, but I wonder if there's a reason why maybe that word's not allowed to be used anymore or something. Like no, yeah. uh, Anzacs is the army, right? Don't know, but this is this is on forces. the announcement that I am looking at. It is invitational Australia and NZXV at the okay. Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Because otherwise they would not Ooh. be going to Adelaide. They play the first test at Suncor Brisbane. They play then a midweek game in Melbourne on the Tuesday against the Rebels. They then play the Saturday, the second test, which could be a deciding test, um, or may not be, at the MCG, 100,000 people watching in the Melbourne Cricket Ground, and then the final test is Sydney. So that's quite exciting, and um, presumably Eddie Jones, unless his World Cup goes disastrously wrong, which it may well do. I think it will do. Um, he could well be the head coach, which would be quite Would spicy you fancy that well. one, lads? No. Yes. <laughs> Always. The only one I fancy really is South Africa. Mm. Other than that, I'm just not that interested. Do I have to be vaccinated to go to Australia? Probably. Probably not. Do you have to be vaccinated to go anywhere? I think. I think those those like the Southern Hemisphere dictatorships. I'm, I'm almost <laughs> certain. I'm almost certain that there's some sort of vaccine. They've not un- not unwound it. I am suspicious. I, I, I'm. I'm. I love. I want Canadian rugby to be better, but I've got issues with Canada. Yeah, and exactly. I, and, and Australia and Canada haven't, and, and New Zealand haven't. Um, not covered themselves in glory, have they? Brilliant. No, they haven't covered themselves in glory the last couple of years. Yeah. Just into not the rugby. Quite apart from the rugby, although you mentioned Eddie Jones, will he get fired after the World Cup? Uh, there was a, there was an interesting article which was basically making the point 
I, I, actually, I did, did you say it before? I can't remember whether it's someone else I had a chat with, but basically pointing out that <laughs> Eddie Jones, what what can he do with the pieces he's got? Well, I don't think they're that bad, the pieces that he's got. Well, we had the conversation last week. He's got some great pieces, and then he's probably a little bit light yes, in a few places right. and probably not got as much depth. Like if... If he if he is select he, like ten was the one that we pointed out last week. Oh, he said something in the press that, uh, this week which which upset me. <laughs> what did he, he said? Uh, New Zealand better watch out. Was no, it, was something, it that? W- something worse than that. It was, so Eddie Jones is remarkably good at convincing everybody. Bill Bill Sweeney was the ultimate uh, that he's a genius. So you know Eddie Jones had Bill Sweeney wrapped around his little finger from uh, everything that I could tell, and the reason is because he's very convincing about his knowledge of the game, which. I know, it's probably brilliant. I mean, he probably knows a lot about the game. Um, he said, Australia need to find their bottom before they can return to the top. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like this one bit. Uh, not one bit. That is a ready-made excuse for a few more losses. That is on par with the Test Match Animal quote, which I don't have enough te- Test Match Animals. Like, uh, Don't worry, guys. We're going to get a lot worse yet. So, <laughs> really... Stra- well, no, it's, well, it's, it's not even that, though. It's saying we might get a lot worse... Or we yeah. might not. We just we've got to find the bottom, and when we start winning, that's when you know we've we found exactly. the bottom. And we're on the way up again. Still not found the bottom, might, guys. Might be one more loss. Might be ten more losses. That, Who knows? Way, what's so special about the bottom? You need to get there. Like, what <laughs> do they think they're going to find? I will stick up for him on the test match animal thing because I, I used to ridicule that, but the, the longer time has gone on, the more I actually think he knows what he's talking about there. Well. Yes, I mean, he knows what he's talking about in the same way that I know what I'm talking about, which is if I have 15 of the best players in the world, I'll win a World Cup. I mean, that's what he yeah. means, isn't no, it? No, but the, 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 the players who are amazing club players, and there's just a certain something that means they, yeah. they cannot... Look, if I get it. the 15 best players at international rugby, I'll win the World Cup. That's what he's saying. And that's a completely... No, I, I think it's a different point. Go on. Because I, I think he got... I used to watch every single Eddie Jones press conference when he was um, England coach. And he was so fed up with the inane questions that you would get asked from the press. Just boring, stupid questions from the journalists about nonsense. And a load of them were, so-and-so is playing well. Don Armand is playing well. Why is he not in the squad? Joe Bloggs is playing well. Why is he not in the squad? Matt Simmons is he's captain in the Chiefs out in Australia, Why is he, uh, out in New Zealand. Why is he not in the squad? All, all this kind of stuff. So he just created a shorthand way of just shutting the conversation down which is a test match animal uh, interesting. Not, I don't like obviously if you've got the 15 best players in the world like you're, you are going to do well by definition a test match yeah. animal must be one of the best players in the world yeah but he was just he was just trying to he was just became increasingly exacerbated with dull questions do you know some of the questions so I've, I've experienced this at sale I the phrasing of the question is horrendous. They don't really know what to ask. That's the word. They just want to bring up a moment in the game. Or they just want to and hear, they the, hear the sound of their own voice. Well, yeah, maybe with the national guys. Maybe, yeah. But they they want to bring up a moment in the game. They don't really have a coherent way of doing it, but they know they must ask an open question, so it can't be a yes or no. So they go to Dimes and go, yeah, so that bit when um, uh, Jean-Luc Dupria did this, that and the other, I mean, that was a quite incredible thing. Wasn't it, Steve? Your thoughts on that? Like, yeah. it's just a, a terrible question. What is it you wanted to ask? Yeah. Just just ask that question. And he was bombarded with all sorts of stuff like that. But I actually think it'd be more annoying to be continu- to continuously asked, 
Why has this guy not been picked? Why is yeah, that not? Yeah, yeah. You can see and the English press and English rugby Twitter and all of it, it just gets focused on uh, Rocco Daguni scored five tries in the last six weeks. Why is he not wearing an English shirt? Yeah. I think some of them are fair, though. I mean, I remember when Brad Barrett was playing 13 for England and he just couldn't get dropped. And he should have been dropped. <laughs> or he should be moved to 12. Or he should have played a, a different yeah, strategy he, to suit he, Brad Barrett. He, he was moved to 13 to accommodate uh, Sam Burgess, wasn't he? God, who was it? There's definitely a period. Because it, it was those two against England-Wales in the um, World Cup group stages, wasn't it, in 2015? Like Brad Barrett was legitimately... Once he got his game together, one of the greatest 12s that the Premiership has seen. Oh, yeah. Right, he's right up there. But for England, he was terrible because he played the 13. You can't have had that many caps at 13. I seem to think he was only moved out there because of because of Burgess. Maybe. Because he never Burgess played... Burgess had like two games, and he's definitely played more than two games. At 13. He never played 13 outside Ford and Farrell for England, I don't think. Because no, he, he didn't make that, so it's it's in the Lancaster era. Yeah, yeah, it is Lancaster. It was never any. But Jones. Jonathan Joseph was the thirteen in that era for a, a big chunk of time. Well, wasn't he? so was Luther Burrell. So it was Burrell and Twelve Trees. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, God, Twelve tr- Trees. They're, they're a nice little partnership. They beat Wales at Twickenham. Mm. Little, little think through, little kick through. I was there for that. Mm. Uh, how many? So that that's a key question. How many players? Did, how many games did um, Brad Barrett play at 13 for England? I'd say 15. 15? Uh, I've obviously got 30 caps, half of them at 13. No way. No way half of his caps at 13. I'm not sure how to find this out. I no, have to go through old that. team sheets. You'd have to go through every team sheet. Or yeah. we could let a listener do it and just tell us next week. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> I have no interest in doing it. Um, Thank you, Phil, for the video you just posted on our WhatsApp group. I'm just looking at it. That's yeah. the players wrestling on the beach. That's quite homoerotic, oh. that, just that whole shot, isn't it? I Fantastic. Like Love awesome. to see it. I mean, it's like that's if they do Top Gun 3, they've had volleyball on the beach, they've had American football, now they need to recreate that Exeter video. Yeah. Uh, how long do you reckon Jack Yendall could pin you down for? <laughs> he's, he looks good, doesn't he? He's big, that strong shik- boy. shickling he's got him. Oh, is that shickling that, that that he's on top of? Looks like it. Just the mullet. Once you've flipped shickling on his back, he's not getting up fast. Exactly. It's it's like <laughs> getting Ben Tamafuna to the ground is the hard bit. Yeah. But once he's there, he's all yours. <laughs> Specifically when he's on his back. <laughs> and one of the guys... Um, oh, actually, forget it. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> any Any other news... Hmm. Don't believe so. Brilliant. Uh, we've got we've got rugby championship games coming up this weekend. Oh, uh, Samoa. Samoa. Oh yes, uh, beat Japan. And Fiji beat Tonga. So correct. The oh, wow. Samoa beat Japan by two points. Michael Leach was red carded after about thirty minutes. Um, it was a bit of a mixed team from Samoa, I think. Um, Which was an encouraging result though. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing to see um, so Japan playing in a big stadium in Sapporo, indoors. Hang on, I thought they were playing em- in... It's empty. Was it? Yeah. Is that not the one that we went to, England's first game? That was in Kobe. I thought I, th- I thought it looked like the Kobe Stadium. I don't think it was. I think, uh, okay. I think it was Sapporo, I could be wrong on that. But regardless, it was pretty empty. Yeah, that is a shame. Which is disappointing. Um, 
and Fiji be sorry it was a changed Tonga team so I don't think it was their strongest Tonga team um, it looked a strong Fiji team with uh, Tuisova and Wayanasa uh, uh, Levu in the centre the, the Toulon 13 yep. in the centres with Radrandra coming off the bench handy handy Fiji team who uh, they, they went 17 or 19 nil up but then um, Tonga came back into it and it was a one point a one score game until 10 minutes to go when Fiji just eased ahead but good win for Fiji encouraging from Tonga for not their strongest team yep. and from a Fiji perspective they scored two rolling mall tries and one uh, try basically off the back of a very strong scrum which against a pretty meaty Tonga pack is nothing to be sniffed at and it's it's historically in going into World Cups it's been a big area of weakness for yes. Fiji so that's that's encouraging encouraging for Fiji less encouraging for Wales and Australia one would guess you know what I, I've got a feeling that the this is going to be the Six Nations Six Nations the World Cup that one of the Pacific Island nations is going to do very well in. I've just got a feeling they've, they've finally got some real quality Fiji's the obvious one isn't it with uh, that pull that that pull that happens in every World Cup Wales, Australia, Fiji yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, they've got history doing it. I just like the strength of well, I like the strength of Samoa and Tonga now. I think it's going to make such a difference having older heads come back who have been there and done it before at the highest level. Like even people like you know, Fakatoa, for instance, he's got so much experience to bring to bring to that team. Test much experience t- too. So like you know, it's um, they've got to be England or Argentina though. Just well, can't see it. I mean, it's unlikely. But it's more likely than it was. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I'm, that, that's the, probably the narrative of the World Cup I'm looking forward to most. That's Ireland going out in the quarters and uh, England not making it out of the group stages. Those are the, <laughs> those are the things I dearly hope happen. And Wales losing that is, that is the one reason, I, that is one purely comical reason why I would have loved the Johnny Sexton band to have been yeah, I up, and, up until the semi-finals like, after the after the, to the semi-finals it would have been hilarious well do you know what would be great if they got to the semi-finals and then he was allowed to play and lost the semi-finals so he still never won a quarter-final and he didn't win the semi either and then we got rugby championship coming up this weekend exactly blood um, is low is that in Australia? Yes. It is. It's at the MCG again. Got no idea. It looks to me as if Australia will take an absolute pounding from New Zealand. Any any advances on I think if I, if I were New Zealand, I would just go and try and just... I'd go all out, play your best team and then chill. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's going to be a pounded. Uh, New Zealand are going to win big. I hope so. No, no, no more advances on that. Uh, South Africa or in Argentina? Uh, where is it? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Uh, no, Argentina are in Johannesburg. Ah. Um, I suspect uh, they will suffer a similar fate to Australia. Uh, yes, I yes. suspect so as well. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Agreed. Um, I'm very close to getting you an answer on uh, Brad Barrett. I was wondering why you were so busy. Sorry, I've been going a little bit quiet. Uh, and... So, JB, you said 30 caps for Brad Barrett? Yeah, about that. Timmy, any more advances? 
maybe somewhere. Uh, I know, 46. Th- yeah, 30 to 50. Yeah. I, I would have put him about 40. He's actually 26. Oh, there we go. Really? Now, you said 15 outside centre. About that. And I thought that was wildly inaccurate. Uh, I The only one I could remember was um, Sam Burgess um, when they played for Wales. Sam Burgess at 12. Um, and I've got all the World Cup games, all the World Cup warm-up games in 2015. And then uh, Russ Petty on Twitter has very handily listed all of the England centre partnerships from 2012, when Brad Barrett won his first cap, Perfect. to 2015, when he won his last cap. Who does these things? Well, Russ Petty. Russ Petty. Uh, and I can tell you there was a grand total of five games where Brad Barrett started at 13. Uh. Uh, with that one in the World Cup being the only one of those, there was two... Uh, in the Six Nations, I think, in 2013, with 12 trees. Yep. And two Six Nations in 2014, I think think that was. I think 2014. Oh, actually, it might have been 2012. Um, with Mike Cat. Not many, though. Mike Cat, no. Not Mike Cat retired after 2007. Oh, yes. Sorry. He was about 38 in 2007. Yes. So by 2014. Um, hang on. Hang on. Hang on, hang on. Hang no, we on. don't need to go any more into that. No, we do. Who you, was the twelve? Who was the other person? So he's played. He's only Toby played Flood. with. So not oh, Toby Flood. He's played, one. but he's played outside three different players. And twelve. Allen. Jamie Noon. Twelve. Not Noon. Not Allen. Tom May. Not Tom May. Tom May. Really grasping the straws uh, now. Um, someone who's still playing. Ayula Arinley. Not Ayula. Someone who's still in the England squad currently. Farrell. Faz. Wow. So he played. Farrell two, made his debut wearing twelve. Two with games. Brad Barrett actually against Scotland. That was the back. That was the, yeah, yeah. Scotland. About that. So Scotland. So that's twenty twelve. Yeah. So two of England's best firehawks made their debut in the census. So yep. Wilkinson, Wilkinson thirteen, um, Hodgson at twelve, and also oh what's Hodgson? Did Hodgson Farrell at twelve? Yeah. Farrell at twelve too. Maybe Smith should have debuted at th- uh, 13. Can you imagine how ludicrous it would be now if you saw Marcus Smith, Smith at 13, 13 or 12? There's that period, uh, I say period, it might have only been one game, where um, Jason Robinson wore 12 for England. Yeah, against I remember it, that. Against, he definitely played it Italy. once against Italy. Yeah, I can't remember. Didn't he play... Am I getting this? Am I totally making this up? Was there a 12-13 combination of Jason Robinson and a very tall Jersey chap who played for Bath and Gloucester? Banners. Banners. Maybe. Am I totally making that up? I'm sure that was a centre partnership in about 2006 or seven. Jason Robinson played... Yeah, he did play with 12 on his back. Yeah. Did he play at 12? Or did he just have 12? He played at 12. Yeah, he played at 12. Wow. They, I might we watch that game, see how that went. Because for a long period of time, like the the World Cup team in two thousand three, and then for a period after, they always had um, Tyndall and uh, Greenwood. Greenwood, yeah. But they play outside to win, so they would play with Tyndall. I can't remember if he was wearing thirty, but he would play like as a crash ball thirteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then to create room for um, Greenwood to do things outside. 
Can you add Toby Flood to the list of England fly halves that had their debut in in centre? Hmm. Not Ollie Barkley. Maybe um, Ollie Barkley debuted at nine. Ollie Barkley debuted at nine. Debuted at nine against um, a nine. Yes, against USA. He debuted at nine when he's either eighteen or nineteen. Wow! And I'll give you the year. It was two thousand and one. Two thousand and one. Yeah, it's a Churchill Cup game. Wow! Any Crazy more questions, knowledge. Philip? Uh, he got his Bath debut in two thousand and one. Uh, where was his England? England also two thousand one. See what game? May, here we go. Uh, it was North America two thousand one. Sixteenth uh, of June in San Francisco. Um, he was nineteen years old at the time. It doesn't say whether he came on at nine. He did come at nine. So that's fine. <laughs> um, I believe you, JB. Um, uh, what, just you, you reminded me, the person who picked um, Burgess and Barrett, Stuart Lancaster, changed his LinkedIn profile this week. He's officially started his job at Racing 92. Wow. Mm. This is going to be one of the and, great storylines. I can't wait. So Stuart Lancaster is a lovely, lovely man. He is. I completely agree. Demonstration. Here's a demonstration that he is so lovely and nice, almost nice to a fault. And the demonstration of that was that he posted on LinkedIn. I'm really sorry. Also, so he, he announced that he was uh, he's started his new job, and then he said, "I'm really sorry. I've used up my allocation of free um, ads on LinkedIn. So apologies to the people that are trying to." Uh, <laughs> To, to add me I can't do any more so basically a- everyone who said can I be a contact with you he's just gone yes 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 well, yes <laughs> and now he, can- now he can't do any any that he would like to do I would, he is a nice guy I'd happily have him look after my Labrador I'd not let him look after my professional rugby team though so you're letting him look after me yes exactly right you and Rudy uh, <laughs> could be looked after by Stuart Lancaster uh, this professional rugby team Steve Diamond <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't find um can't find a match report that that gives me who Barkley came on for in two thousand and one. Just trust doesn't me. Matter. Doesn't, we're, we're, it matters. We're the only people that care. <laughs> Any of I'm sure some, that next week. I'm sure someone message us um at Ruby Podcast on Twitter or contact edchasers at gmail dot com. Yeah. Let me know. I wonder if there's any others that have stayed debuted in the centre. Maybe maybe Garrity, but I don't think he did. I seem to remember Garrity and Flood sort of... Ryan Lamb? Yeah. Ryan Lamb never played for England. One of the... A, a made... What? Really? Never played for England. Not that I know of. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, w- I would have said he, he he probably had a cap in that period where Barkley I, and Garrity... definitely played England Day. I'm sure mm. he's never played for England. England Saxons, five caps. Yeah, never played for England. He did make an absolute fortune at Worcester, though. He's on 400k at Worcester. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, that's ridiculous. So he did Gloucester, Gloucester Tigers, Northampton. Who have I missed? Gloucester, Irish, Irish Northampton, Tigers, Worcester. La Rochelle. La Rochelle. And then finished his career? Uh, Plymouth. Scarlets. Did he? According, according to his Wikipedia account, which may or may not be right. Currently, currently coaching at Albion. We should mm. do that. We used to do that where we would just name chronologically the teams someone had played for. We did they used to do that as a little quiz at the start of the pod. Years and years ago, we'd say just the teams that they played for and then you have to guess the player. Yeah. And as my knowledge gets less relevant as I drift out of the game, this is basically the only thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, boys. 
<laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. Added. Excellent. Right, so um, if you want to, follow us on Twitter, at Ruby Podcast, or more likely contact us on Gmail, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. We will be there for you, like we are every single week, every year, the last decade almost. So from me, Tim and Phil, goodbye. Let the boys play, and we will see you next week. Beautiful. Good work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.